0: The following transmission contains unencrypted instances of explicit language. Mature audiences are cleared to proceed.
1: Checking into a hotel room. Ba-da-da, ba-ba-da.
2: I think we're going to need a bigger bed.
1: (laughs) David, I got a package here labeled from Russia with Love.
2: What are we waiting for? Let's open it up.
0: Shall we begin?
1: In the field of anthropology, there is no such thing as the first Neanderthal or the first Homo sapiens as an individual. Speciation is a process that spans thousands of years at least. But when it comes to identifying the first member of the species, Spius Heros Cinematicus, it's as easy as 1, 2, 3, or in this case, 7. James Bond is the undisputed granddaddy of all screen spy heroes. I'm Todd.
2: And I'm Dave, and we like to talk about spy movies.
1: He's handsome, he's competent, cool,
2: collected, and kind of an asshole.
1: If you're gonna swing at the king, you best not miss, so let's hope our aim is true in this episode of Spies Like
2: Us. We're here to discuss the second Bond film, which some people believe to be the best, from Russia with Love, 1963. Follows immediately after 1962's Dr. No.
1: Right. And I noticed uh, from my research that they had planned this as a series from the beginning. Um, It's not like they just had, like, one film that they did and uh, said, oh, that was successful, let's make another. No, in fact... um, they wanted to do. They wanted to sign the actor for at least five. And their oh, first wow. choice, yeah, their first choice was Cary Grant,
3: Ugh. Ugh.
1: which I believe we have mentioned before. Remember, like a uh, North by Northwest is is the film that like is is really just creeping up to this edge of uh, actual spy movies. So yep. he's a logical choice. Oh, so yeah, always planned as a series, Cary Grant. Uh, uh, Sean Connery, though, was uh, relatively unknown, and he was willing to sign up for to do five movies.
2: Oh, I, well, you know what I didn't know was that From Russia With Love is a direct sequel to Dr. No. I, I mean, how many sequels were there?
1: My experience with the um, Bond films, especially like the early ones, is is very spotty. Like I'm, I'm, I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of them. In fact, I think this is the first one that I've really like paid close attention to. Right. Um, I love the Daniel Craig stuff, uh, but that came after like you know the Jason Bourne films, which I'm a huge fan of. And I think the Daniel, well, I mean, I think the Daniel Craig movies are like a, um, a weird example of good, forgettable, good forgettable
3: good <laughs> i like,
1: just seem to follow that formula right, right. Uh, at least at least for me i mean when i went back when i went i mean i remembered enjoying uh i know we're getting a little off topic on this movie but i wanted to talk about our experience with bond you know like where are you and i coming at this movie from as viewers um And I just wanted to say, like, when I go back and and look at Casino Royale, I remember it being a good film. But every time I watch it again, I'm amazed again. Like, it's a fucking great film.
2: Yeah, it was. I mean, the the Daniel Craig ones, I think, were really, really, uh, I guess, steps above previous Bond stuff. I mean, I grew up as a kid watching them and thought they were cool because of explosions. But as I got older and got into more, like, I guess, espionage-type films, I realized that this was none of the Bond films are really spy films but they were like action films with like, you know, spies in them. Yeah,
1: like they always felt to me like like my dad's movies. You right. Know? Yeah, and I you know, I just never I just never like really super clicked with the character until the Daniel Craig uh stuff came along. But I was really happy to um take a deep dive into this important cinematic Spy and also like I, I I know I feel like I keep coming back to this, but like I really did not realize just how important he is uh until I really started like like you know making these lists of movies and looking into the history and and finding out all about it right you were saying like you you hadn't realized like one thing you hadn't realized that this was a direct sequel to Doctor. No, and that like basically it's the same villain. Sort of.
2: Well, I mean Spectre kind of holds the main villain, I guess, kind of overarching through a lot of the movies.
1: Right. Like, my impression had always been that, like, just in every single, uh, like, that it was uh, episodic. Or not episodic, but, like, that each film just kind of stood alone by itself. And in each one, there was, like, some certain villain. Yeah, and James Bond would defeat him, and then we'd never hear from him again. Right. Really? But in this one, like that was the first thing I I noticed is like uh, as as well as you like that um, no there's a there's a certain uh, Spectre organization that like ties all of these movies together. So I went digging in on like the mm, the Wikipedia's and blah blah, and um, I find that uh, Spectre's the main enemy. In all of the Connery films. Which he ended up doing seven of.
2: Oh, wow. Uh, was one that they weren't really in?
1: Yeah, that was the third. Uh, apparently the third one. But uh, in one through seven. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, they're the main villains, So it's much more of a... I don't know. I guess much more of a Star Warsy kind of. <laughs> uh, cinematic universe that they're putting together with... These sequels where we're always fighting against the same, like we're always fighting against the Empire. Well, here we're always fighting against Spectre, which totally was not my expectation. I thought every single one was just going to have an individual villain and be boxed, uh, yeah. you know, separate from the others.
3: Yeah.
1: There's an interesting thing, too, about uh, Spectre where in the original. Um, In the original novels by Ian Fleming, they didn't play that prominent of a role. And here, like, it's... Go ahead, go ahead.
2: Oh, in the novels, they didn't play that much of a role?
1: They weren't initially written in. Like, I don't think they... They don't exist in in the novel Dr. No. Right. And they don't exist even in From Russia With Love, the novel. Right. By the time now, you got to remember, like Fleming's written, started writing his novels a lot, time a lot before they started making them into films. But at this point, by the time they're making the first Bond film, which is Doctor No, uh, let's see, Fleming is already like on like book number five or six, like he's way ahead of them. But. He's signed... It looks like he's signed on to this deal and now he knows they're going to make him a bunch of movies and he's worried... One account uh, describes that he's worried that uh, his Cold War stuff is not going to play with audiences in the movies anymore. Oh. So, so he introduces the Spectre uh, faction into his novels, starting around, like, I I forget exactly which one, Uh, but about the same time that they're starting to make the movies, and he, like, hands them that, the the movie makers, and says, here, you can make this your primary uh, villain, so that again, like, for one thing, one one account I had was that uh, it was Fleming's concern that the Cold War was soon going to be not relevant, Uh which which he was wrong about
2: very wrong.
1: (laughs) And the other account is that the uh, producers of the movie. And, you know, remember they've, they've got this five series planned. They're they're putting a lot into it. They didn't want it to be super political. So that the other account is that they went to Fleming and said, can you uh, invent something that is uh, an enemy for James Bond that isn't the Russians, isn't the Chinese, isn't the, you know, whoever.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it makes it easier to kind of broaden the audience if it's just some, like, ominous, you know, corporate, uh, wealthy giant that's kind of pulling strings from behind, you know, it kind of can appeal to a bigger audience maybe.
1: Sure. Sure. Well, yeah, and it probably like uh, informs a lot of like um, uh, other other movies and cinematic themes that uh, uh, we, as the audience, were starting to become concerned about.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. I just double checked it, or I just spotted it. It's actually he's on he's on book nine, Thunderball. He's he's writing book nine. Uh, at the time that they're just making the first movie.
2: Okay. Oh, that's a lot. Oh, so he kind of really just specifically did this for the movies.
1: It definitely looks like that, except it's just not clear whether it was his germ of an idea or the producer's germ of an idea. But either way, they seem to see eye to eye on the overall concept. Right. So... um yeah, so I don't know. Uh, we'll have to check out the Roger Moore and the later films, and and maybe those are the reason that I always thought of these films as being like like standalones.
2: Standalone, but, yeah, maybe.
1: But one through seven is all Sean Connery and all Spectre, so they kind of create like a certain series there. But uh, what else? What else we got to say about this movie?
2: Uh, uh I, I think the sound effects are pretty ridiculous. Uh everything is super duper loud and kinda awkward. Um yeah. I, I mean I agree. The,
1: I agree. There's some there's some weird foley choices in this one.
2: Yeah. It's it's always like very high volume and shocking and, and very awkward moments.
1: Like right near right in your face. Like like yeah. I think <laughs> I mean, there were a few that I noticed, but, like, the worst offender, I thought, was, like, when uh, um, Sylvia, who's just this girl that James Bond is, like, macking on or whatever, uh-huh. when he gets the call to to go to MI6, you know, she's kind of groping at him while he's trying to make a phone call, and he slaps her hand away. And the slap is, like, a fucking bullwhip crack.
2: Yeah, it's, like, super, super, super loud. Yeah. And then, like... um yeah, and then, like, the weird places they put in the music, and it's, like, overly loud. It's It, it doesn't even fit. It's, like, dead center and the loudest thing you hear. You know, like, like number three is a like, crop on the chair or whatever. It sounds like a truck hit on, like, side of the wall or something.
1: And, like, when, you know, like, let's get some oil on the door hinges at MI6 HQ. Can we do yeah. that? You know, yeah. like he comes in <laughs> and the, the door's like. Yeah,
2: it's like we're in like a, a horror film or something. Yeah.
1: Speaking of sound effects, uh, let's let's check on this. Uh, hey, Mora, did we get the minus five points buzzer fixed from last episode?
0: The tradecraft analysis system has been repaired. Well, that's good, because I think we might need it for this one.
1: <laughs> let's go to the briefing room and start tearing this shit apart
0: voice pattern recognized retinal scan complete validating security clearance clearance granted you may now enter the briefing room
1: before we get like too far into the plot I am gonna I got some minor negative spy points I just want to flag that like kinda uh, set the table for what's to come uh (laughs) <laughs>
2: Is this, this, this kind of an appetizer?
1: <laughs> I'm I'm just saying I'm just saying I think we're gonna need that minus spy points buzzer a lot yeah. more than we're gonna need the the plus spy points buzzer uh, for this episode. Uh, the movie begins with a like kind of a clever little thing where like we we think we're looking at James Bond, uh, you know, doing some spy stuff, and he gets killed. Oh, no! Our hero's dead before the movie has even begun. Which is kind of cool. But, like, um, you know, there is... What they're doing is they're, like, testing out one of their assassins to try to see if he can kill the actual James Bond. Which, like, he does. And it's Spectre, so whatever, like, they sacrificed one of their guys. Blah, 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 blah. But there's no reason for them to have put a face mask ...on the fake James Bond.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was... ...it was it was purely cinematic.
1: I'm just saying, if you think about it... ...there's yeah. there's no reason for that guy... ...to be wearing a Mission Impossible mask. Minus yeah. Spectre. <laughs> ...another quick one... ...the next thing we see is like... ...that uh, number five... ...who's the guy that... ...he's like the master planner guy... ...for Spectre. Uh, he's in the middle of a chess game... ...and Spectre wants to see him and that's fine and they they have a waiter give him a uh, bring him his drink and there's a little napkin under the drink and it shows the specter symbol and that's all fucking awesome but you know what specter you could just wait 10 minutes it's not that important <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> like it is it 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 looks cool but it's so like like you know, like, you need the guy to show up at HQ, that's fine. You could wait 20 minutes until his chess game is over and just say, like, hey, the boss wants to see you. Instead, you have infiltrated the wait staff <laughs> which is a lot of work.
2: That's a lot, a lot of work.
1: Of, it's a lot of work, and it's a lot of risk, you know? Like, where's yeah. the real waiter? You know, like like tied and gagged in the basement or something. Like this is it's it's just I don't know.
2: Or maybe Specter just has people everywhere. Or they they had something on the waiter and they threatened his life just so he could deliver a message to a guy who was about to finish his chess match. I
1: mean, just in case. Just in case (laughs) they needed to get like it's 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 fucking twenty minutes, dude. Specter, get your game together. I have faith in you. All right.
3: It's Dave.
1: Dave <laughs> minus Minus those little flourishes, which which just set off little alarm bells in my head.
3: Of Lots what, of them, yeah. What
1: this movie is going to be about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before we get too deep into it, can you take us through uh, the different players and, and their win conditions and their plans so that as we go through the plot, we'll be able to, like... Uh, Understand why they're doing what they're doing, and rate them on how well they're doing
2: what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, well, it's not exactly clear what the motives behind Spectre at this point is, other than maybe killing James Bond over some sort of like, I guess, vendetta or whatever. I don't know, but I, I guess the 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 original plan is to kind of lure in James Bond with promise of getting Elector, which is the Russian encoding machine uh, that the KGB owns or something. So, they find this kind of clerk girl that's worked for the country and I think she worked for the KGB and she was kind of, she's kind of a clerk. You know, I don't know exactly the extent of her, Cinema, like, uh,
1: No, not cinematographer. Uh, cryptographer.
2: Cryptographer, that's what she is, she's, yeah. She, she's a cryptographer. She, works,
1: she, she probably works with the lecturers. She's She's the one that, like, translates the messages and then brings them to the that's herbs. right
2: she was a cryptographer they had a whole uh joke with the james like flirting with her well i'm no cryptographer but anyway uh so their idea is they they kind of find this girl that they've profiled as like being the good lure for bond because you know in every bond film there's always a girl to lure him in uh poor guy can't find a good girl i i guess i i don't know <laughs> Wait. Well, uh, so so the idea is Spectre is going to pretend to be the KGB and they know Tatiana, who is our uh, hot steaming Russian that they're going to lure bond with or whatever. Uh, she's a cryptographer. She she I mean, she she's worked in the offices of the KGB. She 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 seems to be a loyal Russian servant, civil servant uh, who has also worked in high security areas. So they're going to come at her as, like, generals of the KGB. So she's going to want to serve her country and do her duty. But in reality, they're Spectre. And they're basically using her to lure out James Bond. Um, and, and I guess later in the film, we find out they're going to sell the lector back to the Russians. So I, I don't know if this is part of the biggest plan. But anyway. Um,
1: so uh, wait, 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 wait. Lay it, lay it out for me. Like, just step by step. If everything Spectre is trying to do works out, like, like what, what happens? Well, well, I mean, the
2: first set in motion is kind of to get the Russians and the British against each other. So how they're going to kind of do that is create the situation with Tatiana and James Bond, where James Bond is going to, like, steal the Lecter or something. And and I, I don't know, maybe they were planning on killing Tatiana and James Bond later. Or made it look like James killed Tatiana or she had suicided or something. But, you know, eventually this is going to create turmoil between the Russians and the British. They're going to sell the lector back to the Russians for a heap load of money. They're probably going to profiteer off of, like, the war that's going to drop. Like, by the, by. by you know, they, they even say it in the film that they're trying to get this Cold War warm going or something like that. So the idea is. They want to make it look like the Russians and the British are hurting each other, but they're just profiting off of the turmoil, I guess. That's that's my
1: right, the, right, right. So they're they're they, they got three goals.
2: Right. There. Oh well, yeah. I think one of their big goals, one of their well, not their biggest goals, but one of their step by step goals is to get Bond killed. Probably right, off. Of, so the, so so
1: three three goals are accomplished by one operation.
2: Uh, yeah, which is pretty hefty. Number Seriously. one,
1: James Bond. Or actually, no, actually, actually four. Actually, I think four. Uh, number one, James Bond is dead. Yeah, and that's just a uh, uh, fuck you for killing Doctor No in the first movie. Yeah, that's just a little. <laughs> that that's just a little bit of revenge.
2: Yeah, it's like the um, cherry on top or something.
1: Right. Number two, they want him to die in a humiliating way that will uh, disparage the MI6. Right. Number three, they want to set the British and Russians on edge against each other and kind of like heat up the Cold War, like turn up the burner a little bit. Right. And then number four, just like make a little money by selling the back to the Russians.
2: Well, yeah, and I'm sure they're going to profiteer off of the the warming up the Cold War. I think it's not explicitly said, but I mean, like considering the level of, I guess, corporate enterprise Specter has, they're probably war profiteers. That would be my best guess.
1: At this point, yes. Yeah. At this point, yes. I I I wonder if they're a little more uh, subtle or a, or a little more political. In, in other movies, which I have not seen. So that, right. for right now, that's just an open question Yeah, for me. Uh,
2: but I do want to say my number one tradecraft comes out pretty early. Um, uh, their, I mean, their overall plan, I, you know, it, it was pretty cool. Uh, but what I think was really, really, really awesome was their idea to pretend to be the KGB, that one, they profiled this girl that was already very loyal as a like a Russian silver sor- servant who had high security clearances, presumably worked for the KGB, didn't screw anybody over. She's like the perfect candidate. Not only did they profile this girl, they also like pulled off pretending to be the KGB, like some high end generals, because she was kind of low on the totem pole, right? You know, th- this isn't like you know Alan Dulles, master spy or something. <laughs> you
3: know? Right? Where,
2: like the guy serving under Gorbachev here. Yeah, this is. This is like some lady that does cryptography, and and right now is probably doing like other kind of bureaucratic like jobs in the office, and she's proven to be like loyal to you know to Russia and the KGB or whatever. So we got this, we got this very attractive young woman who who has security clearances. She's smart, you know, and and she has access to elector, and so we know that she's going to actually be able to. One probably be considered attractive by James, and so kind of lure him in in a physical so i
3: mean thing.
1: i i I get it I get it and yeah. you call him that your your number one best yes. in the movie
2: because they didn't have to do anything all they had to do was say they they had to put on like one little performance, which I mean cinematically it wasn't that i would I, I it wasn't that convincing to me if I was in that seat and I got yelled at by like nazi lady yeah. <laughs> i wasn't gonna leave the room alive i would have some questions which i love
1: but, but we got so much more movie to go on yeah, like, yeah. Sorry, like, sorry yeah yeah we but, gotta keep yeah, no. we gotta keep I, this movie i'm yeah. i'm i mean i'm with you this is my i mean my number two best trade craft in the movie that i had marked was just the overall specter plan it's a winner. It's, it's ambitious, a... but it's possible. And like I said, like it, it can accomplish a bunch of things in a yeah. single operation, all of which uh, benefit Spectre to the detriment of uh, the rest of the, you know, espionage community. Right. And I, I like, I like, I like this plan. And you know what? This is a good time to mention that this script was rewritten sometimes on the fly, like while they were filming, to include Spectre into the plot. The original novel, remember, remember the original novel, there's no Spectre in it. The idea of Spectre had not yet occurred to Ian Fleming when he wrote this novel. Right. So I also just want to, uh, you know, like, so the idea of Dr. No um being from the first film uh being a specter agent that's easy to just like slap on
2: oh yeah easily you,
1: you can just insert that it takes like 5 minutes of like writing that into the script you can just mention that he works for specter and you're done but in yeah. this movie in this movie they had to really seriously rework the script uh in order to make specter the Uh, the main enemy, because in the original novel, it was just uh, an operation of MIS-6 trying to steal the lector from the KGB. And there i got to stop you for another one, too, because you've said the KGB so many times, and i got to bring this up. They're not called this KGB in this film.
2: Oh, that's right. They're not.
1: No, they're called Smursh. They're called Smirsh yeah which which is an uh, and when i saw that uh i immediately thought like oh i think we talked about that in one of our previous films but uh i looked back on our notes and we actually didn't but i found the note that triggered me you see okay uh walk with me on this one right i'm going to jump okay. ahead in our notes a little okay do you remember in the uh the Man Who Knew Too Much, 1956 version, we referred to the French intelligence Yeah the
2: zero. Ad,
1: that's the exact one. Yeah. In fact, that's a World War II intelligence agency that was dissolved in nineteen forty. Okay. Before the end of the war. Okay. It didn't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> smersh which uh s-m-e-r-s-h it's kind of the same thing that's also it's a counterintelligence agency that was uh formed during world war ii and again also was dissolved at the end of the war in fact i think uh 1946 so uh, a full 15 years before this film uh is made. We're still talking about Smirsh which is an agency that doesn't technically exist. But this gives rise to a question, and I think it's interesting. Now, see, like what what I read on Wiki is like that, like even though like these agencies were dissolved like long, like decades ago, um, intelligence agencies still referred to them as such, because that was the name that they remembered them as during the war. And think about this, when you change your uh, organization of your intelligence agencies, it's not like you go out and make a public statement to the world and say like, hey guys, you know we used to be Smursh, but we decided now we're going to be called the KGB.
3: Yeah. (laughs)
1: It could be decades, apparently, possibly, that uh, before, like, other people catch up with the parlance, you know, like, um, you you follow me, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not like uh, the day that the CIA, like, how long was it, like, when the CIA was created, I mean, how long was it And this is an honest question. I don't know the answer. And um, we're not going to wiki it right now. But I think it's an interesting one. Like, how long was it before the Russians and uh, our other opponents in the Cold War caught on to the fact that there even existed a CIA?
2: Well, I'm sure they knew quite a while because they probably had double agents in the MI6. And I think the MI6... Uh, the re- the way well the mi the British were pretty much like uh founded our intelligence agents like our intelligence practices or at least were an enormous impact on the beginning because they needed a lot of our help in World War II and uh, I think they were they had a lot to do with behind the formation of the CIA. Interesting, yeah, uh, the, yeah, the, there's a, and actually when we finally do get to the Good Shepherd, this is kind of shown a little bit. And it's so um I'm, I'm actually pretty hyped for that eventually.
1: <laughs> well that's about enough that I wanted to say about that. Um again, like I wanna I wanna put a pin on the other players' uh plans, motivations, and win conditions. Can uh uh-huh. can can we go back to that? So we know what Spectre's trying to do. Right. What's uh, uh and then Tatiana that's well, the patsy that you just described. That's the girl yeah, but that they I
2: think I think her idea is to she's just being loyal to you know the motherland or like whatever you know like a smursh uh since I've been corrected uh and so but she kind of haplessly falls in love with James Bond which is every Bond film there is. James falls in love with the girl that he's not supposed to, the girl falls in love with him that's not supposed to and then somehow it doesn't work out. What um, I want you to,
1: what I want you to do here is think of it like a board game. Think okay. of it like think of it like one player is playing Spectre. Uh-huh. Now if you're playing Tatiana, what, what's your win condition?
2: Oh, just do whatever Smurge tells you and then get like a pension. Okay, cool. Yeah. What is
1: what is what now you're a player playing James Bond. What's your win oh, condition?
2: It, James is, is to get as much information as possible. Um, I don't know if I should jump ahead to my number two best straight craft.
1: Nah, I'm gonna cut you off there, dude. James' plan is to get the lector.
2: Well, there's that. Well, yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. So they knew it was a trap ahead of time. That so, is true. Yeah. So the, I, th- I think his objective is to get as much information. But also as remember that. Also remember that and, number like, five,
1: yeah. the the spider mastermind chess player. Like, he pre-planned that. He yeah. knew, which also I like, and maybe that should have been, like, let's give him some plus spy points right there. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, that's also dope that he knows that his plan will look like a trap to the British, but he has analyzed their psychology. and And whether this is true or not in reality, in the film uh in the in the fiction of the film, it's true, and it works out that the British can't resist uh the bait,
2: yeah yeah
1: yeah, so good get on him
2: um uh and then I think the russians plan they from all of this they're gonna get really upset, and then they're just gonna go after England. Um, but they're completely unaware of the Lecter plot. So when Specter is supposedly going to get a hold of the Lecter and sell it back to them, they're basically doing them a favor. Hey, by the way, did you know one of your encoders got uh, you know stolen here? Here it is. You know, so it it, it really is a great plan on Number Five's uh, side, I guess. Right.
1: I think all we need to know about the Russians and their motivation, and they're not. Uh, they're not. Key in this movie, but they are important. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the movie doesn't work without them. Um, their motivation is uh, Spectre. At some point, is going to trigger them and make them think that the Brits are like are like uh, opening like killing war against them, and yeah. and they want to kill the Turkish MI6 contact in retaliation, right? And then. They don't know that there's also a plan to steal the Lecter, but obviously they want to prevent that. And once the lector gets stolen, because they don't know anything else about the plan, like they, they would want to get it back. Yeah. So, yeah, I just thought like it's it's good to like make sure like, like before we head into the further scenes of this, we, we've got our four players. Right. And, and Tatiana exists as a separate player because, basically, she's fucking ignorant, you know? Like, she doesn't... She doesn't... She's she's absolutely naive. And she's not given any complicated orders from Smirsh.
2: No, it's just do whatever James Bond tells you to do.
1: That is the old That is literally the only instruction that she's given. So, um, yeah, she... You know when later in the movie when he like slaps her around and says "Tell me what you know," she on- quite honestly says, "I don't know shit. They just told me. They just told me to fuck you, and yeah. fucking and do whatever you said." Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's no information to be gotten out of that interrogation. Yeah. Maybe we give spy points for that. I don't know.
2: Yeah. So now we get to see the briefing from MI6. Uh, about the plan and they basically discuss how obviously it's probably a trap uh, but you know our superhero James Bond is you no know, stranger to danger uh, and we also uh, I, I kind of wanted to point this out you know earlier that this is my number two best trade craft is they know it's a trap but they're still going to send Bond in because um, it's a great opportunity to get more info on Spectre or well, they don't even know it's Spectre on Smirsh at this point and if they actually can get the lector, they have an opportunity to like be around it. So it may give them an opportunity to steal it. Sounds even good. Even if they if they if it's a trap. So I, I I like the idea of going in even though they know it's a trap. Um next, uh, I think it's Q brings them a briefcase with all kinds of fun gadgets. Classic. Uh, yeah. But uh I you know. It's funny that they don't even really become useful till like way later in the film, which is very typical of a Bond film. But every knew, single,
1: every single item, every single specific item, it's almost like Q has this crystal ball. Yeah, that, that he's already seen. It's almost like he's a time traveler. <laughs> like,
2: like he's reading the script,
1: right? Yeah. And he's like, oh, these are these are the specific things that James Bond will need later. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's just something that we laugh about it now, but at the time, I'm sure, like, audiences weren't, like, that, you know, clued in. (laughs) I
2: I do want to say, though, that this particular briefcase actually had a lot of really cool stuff in it that would be universally useful in, I I guess, some sort of mission, uh, except for the gas. I think the gas is one of the things that Q for saw in a crystal would, ball would have that to
1: was- be a time traveler
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly <laughs> but i mean like you know the pop out knife the like hidden Good. Gun, like like there was tons of little cool things on it um but the gas i think was a little much and it was a little too specific uh but we'll get into that later and you're giving
1: you're giving this. It looks like on your notes, it looks like you're giving the briefcase your number three best trade craft. Yeah, world. I think
2: it, I think it's my number three, and uh, you know, with the exclusion of the gas, I, I I I'm gonna say like there's so many little pieces in that briefcase that were beneficial, like on a you know highly likely being able to be used on a spy mission. Other than the gas, I thought was a little too specific, but yeah, that's that's pretty much my number three.
1: I had I had a note that I wanted to talk about. I really like that gun. I really like oh, that yeah, AR7. That cool. And yeah. and you know, I I did a little reading
3: on it. Yep. Yeah. Um, you and know, really- like like the fact that like you you
1: it's it's incredibly compact cuz you yeah. store I mean, you know, it's separate. Like you you can't just whip it out. You know, in one round, if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons and you said, I whip out my AR 7, uh, right. it doesn't work like that. You're gonna need right, several yeah. rounds to like yeah. put that shit together. But, you know, uh, concealing the barrel inside the stock, having the bullets be separate. Um, and I looked into it, and, and the AR 7 is was now what its specific actual real world design is. Is for let's say you're uh, let's say you're a bush pilot, or let's say you're a, I don't know a person that operates a boat in in possibly dangerous situations where like you know like it's not like life or death you're not out there being military at it but like something dangerous like a crocodile or something yeah. like some situation might occur where you need. A firearm. Right. And that's what this is specifically designed for. It's like a, a, an emergency kit kind of firearm that you can just have.
2: Well, kind of like flare gun type of situation.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, and that's that's what it's designed for and produced for. But its use in this movie I thought was really cool because it looks like a very, like, uh, secret agent kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So good on them for that. I love the IR7. I I I
2: think it was a very fun gun. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 into it. I yeah. don't necessarily need to own one, but if I was a bush pilot or someone that ran around on boats in weird foreign locations where crocodiles might be a problem, I'd definitely wanna pack one of those.
2: Yeah well uh next next uh, James gets to turkey
1: now that he's on the mission he yeah, now he's officially
2: on the mission he gets to turkey
1: and the music is ramped up yep <laughs>
2: uh and uh what does he meet salah of is the prime minister of Turkey
1: uh no he's just salah now let's be clear, like, Sala is my pet name for this character. Oh, okay. Because, uh, I think it's Ali Karim Bey is the uh-huh. actual name of the character, but I'm gonna call him Sala, because this guy is basically Sala, uh, like, from the Indiana Jones movies. He All right. he's, he, he is the the Middle Eastern guy that, like, assists and, and helps our hero very much in the same way that, like, uh, and I think he still has—he has kind of the same like mannerisms, maybe. Anyways, we're calling him Sala. but okay. uh, he's not the prime minister or anything. I think he's just like the MI6 contact in the area.
2: Really? I thought he was the prime minister. Well, I don't
1: know. Uh, that's not how I read it, but I could be wrong.
2: So yeah, maybe. maybe well.
1: But uh, James James lands and and makes contact with a uh, you know like a a chauffeur that's going to take him to see Sala. Yeah. And they use they use the code phrase. Uh, you know, I wanna. I got a cigarette. Do you have a match? No, I always use a lighter. Lighters are better until they go wrong. And then everyone puts their shit away and says, okay, it's a handshake. <laughs> right? It's
2: a
3: handshake
1: code phrase.
2: Right. And, and that's how they kind of know everything's cool. They uh, go in and meet that's that's uh yeah I, I i don't know they what, that's the other yeah, that's when Salah kind of tells him, yeah, this stinks to high heaven, everybody pretty much knows this 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 whole story is is ridiculous, right, but they're still going full blast in, uh I guess, to try and get as much as they can, and then, after meeting him, uh James goes to check in the hotel, which is nonstop James Bond theme music.
1: I can't believe how much fucking music is going on in this exciting, 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 underlying exciting uh, scene of James Bond checking into a hotel room.
2: Yeah, and all he really does is check the phone for bugs. And this is what we need the theme song for.
1: No, he checks he checks everything. He checks like behind this picture, behind that picture, he checks the true. He does
2: clear the room.
1: But I think it the looks most exciting me, part it in looks, this
2: shot sequence is him pulling out a device to check the phone for bugs. No it, it looks to me. It looks
1: to, to me. If you phone. watch if, if you watch that scene again, like it looks to me like he's trying to figure out where the fucking music is coming from.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> when he does find the bug behind the final picture, I don't know what this thing is, but it's fucking gargantuan. Yeah. It is, I'm like, it is enormous, and it's got, like, a huge cable, like, running up the wall and back into a hole. Whoa, it is, like, right the most... Right. It is right. the most conspicuous... It, it just... It, it, it beggars belief. Minus five points, just for, like... It, unless, unless... And I haven't figured this out yet. Unless they meant him to find it. But even then... I feel like he should be looking at that thing and saying, like, oh, yeah, this is a...
2: Yeah, but, I mean, we are in 1963, right? I'm, I'm sure they don't have crazy micro devices at this point.
1: This thing is, like, the size of a smoke detector.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> in uh, fact, I think that's what it is. I think that's what they used as a prop.
2: Oh, it's well, just a smoke detector. <laughs> All right, anyways, what you got? Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, like, finally he finds the bug and then calls for another room. And obviously all the staff is working for Spectre because Spectre has their hands in everything, right? And so they say there's no rooms available, but he's just like, well, this is too small of a bed.
1: We're going to need a bigger bed. Yeah,
2: I think we're going to need a bigger bed. (laughs) Um, So they go, they, they offer him, like, the suite. And he's like, "Well, I guess I'll have to see it." And he takes the suite, which is probably bugged to all hell anyway. Uh, yeah,
1: it just it it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, like uh, I I don't want to uh, crouch too hard on this bit, but huge bug, obvious. They know he's going to find it. Uh, why why didn't they just? i don't know put him in the room they wanted him to be in or uh well also also he pulls out a thing he pulls out a thing and he does a pass on the phone and he confirms to himself something it's not clear to me what he's actually confirmed maybe he's confirmed i mean it looks like he's like satisfied like aha he's
3: he's,
1: he's made some connection but like what connection is he made? Like okay, he's certain that he's going to be recorded or monitored when he makes the next phone call which he makes down to the hotel staff to request the new room. What is that about? What what does that accomplish? It just seems like a bunch of like going through the motions and and not giving us anything like like no.
2: I don't know. There was a lot in this movie that seemed like this where they just kind of had stuff happen for the sake of it happening.
1: It was the worst. I I thought it was the worst sequence in the movie. And, yeah. and I, I'm going to say this. I think, actually, I've, I've been really harsh on this movie so far. After this, I think it actually smooths out and gets a lot better.
2: Gets a lot better, yeah.
1: But uh, checking into a hotel room... Is not that exciting uh. you I, I think uh, I was checking some uh, of the contemporary reviews too of the film uh, and and I think they didn't mention the hotel room checking in sequence, but I, I did notice a few reviewers saying like they're like from Russia with Love it's a great movie but let's be honest, some of it drags. And this is definitely one of those parts.
2: Yeah, there's tons of scenes like this, where just they're just somewhere, and they have to show you them being at somewhere, and for no reason.
1: Uh, meanwhile, while James is checking into the room, we also got to check in on Grant, our villain for this movie. And what he's done, now he's observed James landing, and he's got his plan, he's got his Spectre plan, and he's executing it pretty well. What he does here, he kills a Russian operative... And dumps the body at the embassy. Yeah. Now. This is. An interesting play. Because. The Russians. Uh, don't know the specters involved. They have no idea. And the British and Russians have been. At e- like monitoring each other. Like all this time. But uh, like like as the chauffeur explained to James like it's all kind of a friendly game we follow them they follow us blah 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 it's just how it's played and everything's very peaceful but by grant killing a russian and dropping the body off at the embassy that is a massive fuck you yeah like that's that's an intentional message that's being that's sent
2: that's the stuff right that's a what what that's some mafia stuff.
1: Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, it's dirty. It's, meant, it's meant to look like the British did it, but it's also, like I said, because it's so blatant and it, because it's so in-your-face, it's not like we just killed one of your operatives and, like, dumped him in a dumpster for you to find later. We killed one of your operatives and fucking rode up to the front of your embassy Dumped the body in the front of your face and fucking drove off. That yeah. is huge. The Russians, thinking it's the British, they have to respond. They have to respond, right?
2: So they basically bomb Sala's, like, like office or like—is that his house?
1: I think it's. I think it's his house. It's his. It's his place of operations. Um, yeah. But yeah, they they go straight at what they think is the head of the snake. They go straight for the head of uh, MI6 operations in Turkey, which is Sala. Right. They try to bomb him, and it's only luckily that he survives. Thereafter, uh, Salah wants uh, James to go uh, take a look and spy on the Russians and see what they're up to, and they go down into the sewers and Use, yeah. like, weird, like, periscope.
2: There's another extra scene for here. We get to see a uh, uh, periscope? Yeah. yeah, periscope. Yeah, in, in the Russian uh, embassy. This is where Sala
1: explains to James that Krilenku is most likely the guy that uh, the Russians are employing to try to take him out. Yeah. And at the time, uh, James is theorizing incorrectly that the Russian attack on the Turkish is inspired by his visit. It's also an opportunity for us to um, mention, I think, like the first of many, many. Uh, James Bond, James Bond you're so fucking slimy. You are really slimy. You are incredibly slimy. I'm gonna give you as many points for it being the early '60s. The sexual revolution is happening. I get it, uh, but in in hindsight, you don't you don't look so good in hindsight. It's kind of hard. Some of these, some of these James Bond things are are pretty fucking cringy to watch.
2: Yeah, they were. It was it was pretty creeper status to watch, to say the least. Actually,
1: he's got the view on 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 the room, and when Tatiana comes in, he's just like obsessed with her legs, and he's like, "I'd like to see her in the flesh." <laughs>
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. And it's the yes that makes it especially slimy.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just would not would not work in contemporary shit And when we look back at it fifty years later, yeah, not a good look.
2: No, not at all. So after some gypsy camp bullshit, uh talk about a full scene of nothing. Uh, we get James into the bridal suite, and he smells some perfume, which is odd. Plus, spy points, but he doesn't really react and just goes and takes a shower, putting himself in a very vulnerable position. Minus spy points. We meet Tatiana, our uh, our love interest for the film. <laughs> what do you what do you think about this, Todd?
1: You know, I mean, she. Now, as in later in the film, like, she could be playing coy, Like, he immediately, like, starts asking her about the lecture, but she's like, oh, no, James, let's talk about that later. Let's make sweet love to each other now, and we'll talk about the lecture later. Which seems like, like, it could be, uh, like, if she was a spy, like, she's trying to draw him in, but she's actually not. She genuinely, like, is... Uh, I don't know. I I don't know. At what point? At what point does she actually like transition from uh, pretending to
2: falling in love?
1: Pretending, yeah, pretending to be in love with him to being in love with him. Yeah. The movie really just like fucking forgets to put that important uh, character point in there, and that's why she's like just a throwaway character. She's useless in this,
2: well, I think when she saw his pictures, she was intrigued, and when he saw her picture he was intrigued right so I think it was a love at first sight thing or whatever i don't I don't know the thing is
1: the thing is I want to go back to this like because her instructions from Smirsh are so uh specific but but have no like uh, uh, complexity to them like oh. she's just supposed to pretend that she's in love with bond that's her whole yes. fucking job and then mm-hmm. at some point in the movie she actually is in love with bond and we never like as as just like a a viewing like how female characters you know like should be mm, i don't want to say treated but oh uh res- respected in some way as people with agency
3: right like
1: her transition from someone that's pretending to be in love with him to someone that's actually in love with him is never explored and that's yes. a huge failure of the movie yeah but uh, it was put in motion by the mechanics of the movie that she's just supposed to she's just supposed to act this way that's her only orders anyways let's let's move on
2: well, I don't know. I, I'm a little creeped out by the Spectre agent who's just kinda like filming with like the loudest like film recorder in history. They're yeah. not
1: they're not subtle. That's another yeah. sound effects. There's another yeah. sound effects fail.
2: Yeah, they're very subtle. As they're I like ju- to say.
1: They're just they're just outside what what I guess is like a two way mirror or a one way mirror, yeah. or whatever. And like they Clackety clackity 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 yeah. Fuck this.
2: Yeah. <laughs> minus um,
1: minus spy points.
2: Yeah, minus a lot of spy points. Well uh I guess wait, next morning Tatiana's tailed by the glasses dude.
1: Yeah, so this is there's there's some weird shit here that I wanted to get into. Yeah. yeah. Um the guy that I'm calling Glasses—that's that's, that's uh, the Russian agent. We've seen him a few times in the movie, but we haven't—you and I haven't talked to, about him. Right. He uh, he spotted James uh, landing in Turkey. Uh, he followed uh, Grant. Yeah. Uh, when Grant abducted, who I think actually, in retrospect, I think was Glasses's driver. And that's why there's a scene where he comes running out and he sees the car peeling off and he's like, what's going on? But anyways, this is the guy that's the stand-in for the Russian, the Russians trying to pay attention to what's going on. Right. Here's an interesting thing. In the morning, after uh, James bangs with Tatiana, she goes to the Hagia Sophia and Glasses tails her why there's no indication that the russians are paying attention to her or should be paying attention
2: well they're watching bond right
1: Well, well then he should be following bond instead of following a random cryptographer unless you have some reason for that which is fine
2: well she's a russian cryptographer and why is she meeting with bond
1: he doesn't know that she's meeting with bond
2: Yes, she. They they've been watching Bond, presumably, right? They know he's at that hotel. Okay,
1: I got you. I got you. So they yeah. see. So they see one of their, uh, not agents, but uh, one of their employees. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Uh, James is hanging around there, and Grant is hanging around there as well. James notices that Glasses is following Tatiana. And they're in a public space. Remember, it's the Hagia Sophia. It's, it's one of the seven winners of the world. And there are uh, museum tours being uh, conducted. So it's a, it's a sort of public. It's not crowded, but it's a, it's a public space. And I like this. I like that when James notices that uh, Tatiana's being tailed, he pulls out his little PPK, his little classic PPK, and he folds a handkerchief around it. I like this, and I, I, I was surprised. like I'd never seen this before in another movie, but like it seems like a really good way to uh, be able to carry a pistol in your hand without looking like you're carrying a pistol in your hand to the casual episode. Yeah. I thought I thought I'm gonna give it plus spy points. And I struggled to find my best uh, tradecraft but this this is my number three for this movie. Just the way that he conceals the pistol. I thought that was very slick.
2: Very very slick. Here's
1: the weird thing. She's at the Hagia Sophia to place a dead drop. And we've talked about what a dead drop is before. We're not going to do that again. I mean, but essentially, it's a way, like, you can uh, place information in a certain spot and have someone else pick it up, and it doesn't look like the two of you ever met. Okay, great. Um, why? They woke up in the same fucking bed that morning. Right. Why do they need to then make an elaborate plan to uh, to to arrange a dead drop? It just it it's no good.
2: Uh, minus five points. I, I definitely agree. Not sure what was going unless she had to get more info or something. But I don't know why she would eat it in Turkey.
1: The she only. Should... I mean, the information he's looking for is for a floor plan of the Russian embassy, because that's going to be part of their plan of stealing the lector. So, if I'm going to be very forgiving about this part, I would imagine they woke up in the morning, James said, I need a floor plan, and she said, I don't... I need some time to draw it out. (laughs) And James says, okay... Uh, drop it in a weird spot in the Hagia Sophia later this afternoon, and I'll pick it up there.
2: It's
1: it's still kind of flimsy. Yeah. Thing is, Glasses, who's tailing Tatiana, sees her make the dead drop, and he goes for it. Grant, our specter agent and main villain for the movie, kills glasses right before he grabs uh, whatever the information is, which, again, like later we're going to find out. It's a floor plan of the Russian embassy. He wanted to make sure that James got the information? I guess. He wanted to make sure the Russians didn't get the information. Right. That the Russians didn't know what was going on. Okay, plus spot points for you. You're good. You're good.
2: Yeah grant i think is our best man in the movie
1: uh grant grant is i think i think grant is uh almost faultless in this movie
2: yeah
1: yeah
3: he's
1: he's he's a really he's a really slick operator and i like him as a villain and i love robert shaw's performance as him yeah also like this is a weird time to mention this but i but i want to like we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, get Grant some speaking lines later in the movie. Yeah, but up until now, he really hasn't said anything. He just like seems like this like wordless killing machine, Terminator perfect machine that's like just operating, uh, striking here, striking there, doing yeah. his shit. I think that's also, like, something I like about the performance is, like, that when we do meet him later in the movie, and he actually does start speaking, he's using this, like, super friendly, charming, like, British voice. Yeah. Which, which... He's kind as, of, like, a
2: charming guy, to be, be honest.
1: But as an audience, like, when that happens, like, because we've seen so many of his actions up until then... Like yeah. we know, we know, and we're kind of a little bit on the edge of our seat. We know that that's a fucking like uh, a false front. Yeah, we know that that's a fake British accent, even if James isn't yeah. enough to notice it. Um, but yeah, where else? Where else were, were we on? Uh, like, so here we're we're in the whole process of like trying to steal the lector, right? Yeah. So James does get the information. Um he notices that a Russian got killed. That was glasses. And yep. there's, there's a little confusion with MI6 about like, well, who would have done that? Well it definitely wasn't us. Huh. Maybe something's up. But yeah, they I mean they have the floor plan, which seems to be like their their win condition for the next part. because uh, 'cause they're going to now uh plan the stealing of the lecture.
2: Yeah. There's a bomb that's gonna be planted because we you know we talked to earlier about the under sewers where there's like a periscope so Salah so can spy on the Russians.
1: They... We have established that, yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, well he gets into the embassy, or James gets into the embassy, and then there's a bomb that's ready to go off. The bomb goes off. <laughs> James, like, goes to take it down. Uh the cryptography room is flooded with tear grass and tear glass. And there's like a, a, a hole blown into the sewers. It was pretty elaborate. Uh and all things considering that it so happened to have this layout of an under sewers that was prepared a way out for all of them. So it was it was kind of a nice mini heist within a uh action spy film.
1: It's pretty elaborate demolition work. Uh like you you shake the embassy to the core somehow you actually, like, fled the particular room that you're interested in with tear gas, and you happen to blow a hole in an adjacent room to the sewers where your escape route is going to go, uh, I would give points to the demolitionist, but I'm not going to, because all this is totally fucking, like, fantastical. Uh, okay, and I I got to stop here too. Here's here's a flaw and this is going to be my number one worst tradecraft of the movie. Uh-huh. Uh which involves James Bond's plan to steal the Lector.
2: Well, it wasn't really James's plan, right? it was kind of like the the luring of getting them in because they promised it, right?
1: But he made the plan.
2: Oh yeah! I, oh yeah! 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 That's true.
1: So here's the problem with with his plan: you can't steal the enemy's decoder and have the enemy know that it was stolen, because if you do that, then it's useless.
2: There's yeah, that's really about, silly. What?
1: There's nothing about this. Did you Did you ever see the movie U five seventeen?
2: Uh, no, but. I do know the famous decoder that we found during the war. Right. With the the, Germans, we found it, and we had to do a lot to keep it hidden from people.
1: Right. And the lecture is specifically, like, it's been stated, like, it's specifically, like, a reference to that uh, World War II German decoder device. Yeah. The movie U-517, it's a submarine movie. Uh, you could find different flaws in it, but I just fucking love submarine movies. But at least in that movie, the plot was they were able to figure out a way to try to steal the uh, German uh, decoder device in a way that the Germans would not know that it was stolen. stolen because yeah. the Germans would have thought that their submarine had just sunk to the bottom of the sea, where, in yeah. fact, the Americans had like made their way away from it. That's what you want. That's what you want. You want to have their decoder device and not have them know that you have their decoder device. You blow up an embassy, you blow up an embassy, they're going to notice that the lecture is gone. Yeah. As as well as the cryptographer that was assigned to...
2: That they've been watching.
1: That that they have been watching
3: <laughs>
1: <Yeah. sighs> so i mean it's it's not a huge flaw in the whole like thing of the movie but that's again why i want to bring it back to like paying attention to what each player's win condition is in this case this mi6 plan to steal Lecter, it's a fail yeah my worst my number one worst tradecraft
2: i'll give it to that Let's move on. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Well, they get to the train with the Lecter and they're on the run, right?
1: They um, are on the run. So they've made an escape plan. And I want to give uh, Spectre some points <laughs> for this, too. Like, uh, that, well, sort of points that uh, Spectre's plan, remember, their plan is to get James uh, access to the Lecter. Yeah. They want him to steal it. Yeah. Right? Yep, but they don't know how he's going to get it out of Turkey. So their right. plan necessarily involved, at a certain point, like we're going to have to improvise.
2: Right, and they do, they do. In fact, they they did quite a bit of improvisation. Like they had to watch some code shakes, which they didn't pull off perfectly, but got away with. Right.
1: I guess. I mean, I don't know... I don't know how... uh, Grant... knows that their escape plan... Like, because Grant is already on the train. He's on the train before they're on the train. So that means he knows... Hold on. Hold on. That means, logically... he knew what their escape plan was. He knew what their escape plan was. He knew the date... That they were gonna do it. They knew he knew the hour and the date. There's a fucking. I mean, there's a mole in the Turkish intelligence thing. It's yeah. the only way it makes sense. There's someone yeah. that's telling uh, Grant like like what's going on. Also, also, hold on. Let's go back to the Russians. The Russian security guy, the Russian, the head security guy of of the Russians. Just wait. Hold on. Happens to be having lunch. Right at the train station, that James Bond and Tatiana are uh, planning to use. Like, there's something. There, um, minus spy points for the movie. I don't want to assign it as uh, problems with like what people are doing here, but like, there's there's something like just too fucking convenient about all this shit.
2: Yeah. It, yeah. It I got
1: another t- one. I got another one for you too. this is my number two hot on the heels of my number one think about this glasses we established was tailing Tatiana
3: right
1: so glasses that's a Russian right or at least he's a Bulgarian working for the Russians but we'll just call him a Russian for now Right. That's that's the color of his piece on this game board. He's tailing Tatiana that means he's suspicious of Tatiana right If your agent is suspicious of a cryptographer, why aren't you more prepared for an attack on the lector Yeah. Yeah, it's my number two.
2: That's a, that's a good one.
1: I don't know who to assign those minus po- points for that. Uh, maybe Glasses fucked up and didn't tell his superiors, like, hey, Tatiana's working with James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> that would be his bad. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he did, and they didn't, like, do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, also, like, again, like, uh, just in case I didn't put a pin in it, there's something fishy about like the russians and the russians know too much and too little specter knows way too much about like what's going on with mi6's Lecter stealing operation and uh so i'll just give some minus spy points for sala on his whole turkish operation i think it's uh i think it's a leaky boat
2: yeah it's getting pretty bad
3: <laughs>
2: uh, it's going to get better yeah, I hope. It'll, it'll pick up a little bit about it, But not by much <laughs> I mean But uh, So we're on the train And uh, the plan Is to have some like Road blockade on the tracks To get the train to stop Take a waiting car to an airstrip And fly away happily ever after to Britain um,
1: Sounds good But we got some complications We've got uh, Ben's the uh, Russian uh, counter spy guy, and we've got Grant both on the train. Right. Although we don't know that yet. No. Well, Although I think I think we we immediately
2: we actually as an audience knows that, but I don't think our players know that.
1: Right. But that changes a little bit because Solid does take note of Ben's checking up on their rooms. That's the Russian guy. He right. he made he made it onto the train before it left the station. And uh, he, he grabs James and he says, hey, dude, you know, uh, the, Russian, the Russian guy's on the train, right?
3: <laughs>
1: James makes a very uh, confident assessment of the situation here. He says, like, well, there's no way that, he, uh, that the Russian guy could have warned the Russians uh, before he boarded the train. So this guy's just operating on his own. That's not right. No. In fact, in fact it's like <laughs> In fact, like he did have plenty of time to tell his buddy to go he he literally did like give instruction to his goon that he was having lunch with at the train station like go tell the Russians what is happening. So, minus 5 points for James.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, James and Sala capture Bens, they kind of get the drop on him. And uh, James leaves Sala to guard him. However, during this time, uh, Grant comes in and kills both Benz and Sala and makes it look like a murder-suicide. Um, and James finds this out just before he was supposed to meet in the dining car with Sala. Um, the conductor thought they killed each other, you know, which was kind of silly because there's a freaking knife in Sala's back.
1: Um. Yeah, I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah, yeah. how that works that they killed maybe each they other. He didn't
2: take a like solid <laughs> look at it, so maybe it was just kind of like, oh my god, people are dead, they must have killed each other. Or yeah, like you,
1: you might notice that there's a knife in one of the dude's backs, and yeah, how yeah. would that happen? So, yeah. uh, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Conductor, I'm glad yeah. you found your uh, calling in life as a train conductor, but you yeah. are no, you are no detective. Yeah. <laughs> minus detective points.
2: Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so,
1: like, uh, as, uh, the train, uh, you know, James and Sala were supposed to meet in the dining car. Right. And he gets this news that uh, Sala and Ben's have, quote, unquote, killed each other. Right right before that was supposed to happen and uh, thereafter the train rolls right past the border where Sala's son was waiting and remember the plan was Sala was going to bribe the conductor to stop the train at a specific point they were going to get off, get into a car drive to an airstrip, flat England game, set, match Here's my problem with this, and this is why my this is my number three worst tradecraft. Uh I hope I have these in order. Uh, but uh James and Conductor, you could have and you should have just stuck to the plan. You should have stopped the train as planned, you could have gotten out, gotten in the car, and you'd be done. Yeah. Just stick to the plan, minus five points. Yeah, but yeah. what does is, what is James do instead?
2: Well, uh, he he kind of stays on the train, uh, and confronts Tatiana, thinking that she had something to do with his murder, uh, and goes psycho. Well, I mean, his homie just got killed, so I guess it kind of makes sense he'd be really upset, and he knows that she's a Smirsh agent. Um, so he thinks that he got played here. Uh, but I mean it's still kind of a jump to conclusion.
3: I think this like
1: wild
2: beat a woman. It's just like it's just a woman beating scene. Explain the woman. Is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not cool, James.
2: Uh, not, not cool at all. Yeah. He, he 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 did jump to some serious conclusions.
1: Yeah. Uh, just immediately like uh yeah, it's, it's just is fucked up. Yeah. Minus five points, for sure. Yeah. So having, for some stupid reason that's not explained, like not following through on the plan, which was a good plan. Uh, James uh waits until the train gets to Belgrade, uh, where for some reason he expects to be met by someone, even though, again, that was not part of the plan. They were supposed to be off the train, like, a long time ago. But uh, another one of Sala's sons meets him here. And they exchange, again, the cigarette lighter passcode. He tells uh, he tells the son, you know, that your father's dead. And uh, and the, the, the son is like, you know, as a proper Middle Easterner, he's like, uh, you know, tell me who did this, you know, I will have my revenge. But James tells him, like, no, the other died first the other guy died first, and uh, again, James, did you not see the knife in Salah's back? Minus yeah. friends. <laughs> you again. But what James does here, he gives instructions for the son, so, like, James now, like, uh, needs a backup plan. Even yeah. though, again, and I'm not gonna, I'll only say it one more time, the first plan was fine. There was nothing wrong with the first plan. There yeah. <laughs> no plan in this situation. Um, but he, he wants M to send an agent, M is, uh, like his, uh, boss at MI6, uh, to send an agent to meet him at the next station, or at least a station further down the line in Zagreb. Yeah. Uh, Grant, our villain, observes all of this, and, uh, when they get to Zagreb... Grant uses the cigarette lighter passcode. The, have you got a match? I always use a lighter. Those are better until they fail. Yada, yada. Which we've seen many times in this film. Uh, Grant knows the passcode. He knows the passcode. Yeah. It was a little fuzzy to me whether he, I think, like, at some points in the movie, it was meant to, uh, meant to be... And I really want to know how this shaked out in the novel. Because in the movie, I, I I think there's two interpretations of Grant knowing the passcode. Number one, he was able to observe James giving Sala's son the passcode, and therefore learned it from that. But since he was only able to observe it, he only knew the uh, uh, the um, part of it, but not the exact. That's one theory
2: here. Yeah.
1: Another theory is, um, which is, like, easier, like, later in the movie, he says, like, we sweated the passcode out of your man in Tokyo. But I have a feeling in the novel, like, there's certain things, I don't want to dwell on this too much, but certain things that make me think, like, it was meant to be initially that uh, Grant knew part of the passcode. And so he was able to pull it off. But like when he used it on James, which is later, uh, like, like just in a few minutes that he used it incorrectly. And that James knew that Grant was an enemy, which seems like way more fun, hmm. uh, but way more complicated. But my number one best tradecraft, regardless in Zagreb, as the agent that James requested to meet them for their, uh, whatchamacallit, um, plan B, Grant interrupts, uh, intercepts Agent Y, who's is a guy named Nash, and takes his place. And, you know, he bushwhacks him, uh, puts on his... I don't know, hat and his mannerisms, and then approaches James and says, Hey, I'm the guy that am sent to
2: help you out. Uh this is kind of also where I kind of fall off. Uh this is kind of the first half of my number one worst trade craft. Um uh my, my number one worst trade craft is like Bond trusting Grant at any point in their interaction towards the the trade scene the trade scene. It's pretty bad. It, it's silly. I mean, like, not only did he get the passcode kind of, like, not perfect, you know, but he asked him, like, so what are your orders? He was like, "Ah, oh, to watch you and the girl. Ha-ha. You know, like, it's such a generic response. And this kind of is what sets off the, like, what what is this? What is, Like, this is 007. This is supposed to be a super spy. And he literally, like, lets this dude get the drop on him, like, for the—I mean, why this train scene took so long— to, like, you know, uh, trick James Bond is beyond me because he just, like, trusts him from, like, the get-go. Like, he's he's a little cautious, just, like, generic spy cautious, but it's, like, he's, like, oh, yeah, this guy's with us. Doesn't it's- know the dude, the guy messed up the password and, like, gave the most generic response. So this is, like, the beginning of my number one worst tradecraft
1: Just the beginning.
2: Just the whole the whole train scene... And why Bond ever trusted Grant is like beyond me. But this this moment, I'm like, he should have had his like s- his spice senses going. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I, I
1: agree with you on several things. Like, there's a whole bunch of points where James gets clues. And 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 like the audience gets clues that James right. should have picked up on. And even that we see James. Looking like he is picking up on, yeah. <laughs> I also, I also think like uh, you know, and this might be quibbling, but the Grant as Nash. Character seems very cocky and cool about like the conclusion of the mission. Like it looks like he's just like, oh yeah, another day at the office. Don't fucking worry about anything. I think he should at least pretend to be a little more concerned about the fact that uh, you know Sala and the Russian dude were killed on the train. And like, I think James also. That's another point where James is like up is like he's not concerned like it seems like the first thing that Nash although that's actually Grant but the first thing that Nash and Bond should be doing as soon as they meet is saying like okay dude what the fuck like uh, and Russian dude looked like they killed each other but yeah. like that doesn't make any sense so yeah. let's like start putting these pieces of the puzzle together yeah, they don't yeah, do any of. Exactly. They don't do any of that. They just yeah. go on with Plan B, even though, again, uh, Plan A was fine. Was fine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, but this this moves on. Uh, I guess this progresses into more and more how Grant should not have been trusted whatsoever. And uh, I know I'm skipping ahead quite a bit in the train scene, but. Uh, they're at dinner with Grant and Tatiana and James and Grant just like poisons Tatiana's drink with like, we don't know if it's poison or if it's a drug or whatever but he does it right in front of Bond and makes sure Bon sees it. So, well, I'm uh, not sure he
1: made sure Bon sees it but Bond notices.
2: Bond notices it. I, I think... I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm from the theory that You know, Grant purposely let him see it. But even if he didn't, uh, that's going to lead into my number three worst tradecraft. But this also kind of also supports what my number one was, where, like, you just watched this dude you've never met drug or poison your girl. Uh, And um, you're still kind of, like, aloof to all this. Now, my concern with Grant purposely letting Bond see this or messing up and Bond seeing this is now he's lost all form of integrity. Like, if if I was Bond and I'm like, this dude I just met just started drugging my girl (laughs) I've been running with, and his excuse is like, well, do you want the lector or the girl? Like, this guy's trying to run the situation and, like, force me into making decisions. I'm going to get a little suspicious. Even if he's telling the truth, even if he's like super spy McGee and he's like, look, the elect is more important than the girl. We got to drop the weight and let's go. Like, I'm still going to be watching your ass. I don't know you. What are you doing? Drugging her for the, in the first place. You know what I mean? Like, like I would have had my eyes on him every moment of the way. And pretty much that's not what happens. Uh, uh, I get Well, I do want to lead us into the next spot where, uh, or Grant gets the drop on Bond.
1: Oh uh, no! I just go for it, dude. Go for it. I'll, yeah. I'm I'm gonna come back with a couple of notes later, but I want you yeah. to go ahead and get this out of your system because so, so, I know this is, see, thing, after, this is the
2: first thing. This
1: is the first thing. This is the first thing when uh, we agreed to do this movie, and like the the day after. Like you had seen this movie, this is the part that you were screaming at me about. So I really want to just let you fucking get it out of your system.
2: Yeah, I don't understand. Like, I mean, he literally just watched this guy drug and or possibly poison like Tatiana, who we we have both like like the whole film like we're we're supposed to believe that hey, Tatiana.
1: And and James doesn't know. Like, it turns out, it turns out that it's chloral hydrate, which is stated yeah. in the movie. And then, hold on, hold on, real quick. Maura, give us the read on chloral hydrate.
0: Chloral hydrate is for short-term use as a sedative or sleep medicine. It is sometimes given before a surgery to help you relax.
1: Okay, I'm impressed. So, plus two realism points for the film. But... James Bond doesn't know. <laughs> it yeah. could have been fucking arsenic.
2: Yeah, and she could have been dead or whatever. You know, but she's, like, passing out, which is another moment where they kind of shat on Tatiana. You know, like, she, like they made her look like, oh, some light She's not feeling well. Let's just go take her back to the room. They take her back to the room, and then they step into the other side of the room with Grant and James Bond, and James is like, so what's that you put in her drink? And, and and then the story's told, oh, yeah, yeah. do you want the lector or the girl? Come on, we got to go make decisions. Come well, he says,
1: I mean, he tries to play it off. And remember, he says, like, my escape plan is just for one.
2: Yeah, it's so, like, over the top. It's so over the top. But let's say he was telling the truth. You just watched him, like, drug the person that you're running away with that was part of the plan that he was supposed to run away with. And then two, your homie was just murdered, right? Like, like there's so many reasons why you should just be like on your toes. And he's still like, yeah, whatever. And then, and then Grant's <laughs> like, oh, let's take a look at this map. But remember, Dave. Yeah. He's remember
1: he's got a tear gas. Yes, thing.
2: he's got a. Tear. <laughs> this is even the ba- oh, which by the way, we didn't even get to discuss this. I, I think it's in the notes for later. But earlier, before they went to dinner, uh, James actually swapped the gear t- gas container from his briefcase to Grant's briefcase. So, really? Really? Yeah.
1: You mentioned yeah. that to me. I did not catch that in the movie. Yeah.
2: So so this is important later because this is uh, Q being the, like, premonition god that he is knowing that all <laughs> the needs, time traveler yeah time traveler all he needs is a tear gas container in his briefcase and he'll win the day you know specific like like over over the top like arbitrarily armed by specific switches and stuff like to make it more complicated and yet it's the thing that saves his life you know but forgetting all of that Grant's like, hey, let's go over this map and talk about our escape plan, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. He's just sitting there, not even paying attention to Grant, and Grant pulls out, what, like a, did he pull out, like, a flapjack? I don't it?
1: understand, I don't understand, it looks like a knife, but then instead of stabbing James in the neck, yeah. you know, he just, like, clubs him over, but that's because he wants to put out, like, a bunch of exposition, which... Only makes sense. It. I did give a little bit of forgiveness, like so much. Like at this point, when they're sitting there, right? We're we're yeah. ready for this, right? When when they're sitting there, and and uh, James is like, "So it was this," and Grant is like, "Yep, it was like that." And so James is like, "Oh, so it was this was happening," and like and like Grant just like explains it all. Just like this super, like, uh, what we now come to think of as this absolute fucking trope that would not play with audiences at all, where the villain just fucking, like, explains Everything.
2: is this our first moment of a trope where the villain explains everything i think this is where it
1: really starts i mean i think okay. this is where it really starts getting cooking because there's like just that the, the the whole idea of the villain like at the end of the movie uh near the end of the end of the movie
3: right.
1: having the hero in an, you know, unwinnable situation where they're just willing to, like, explain everything. I think this has been, like, trolled through with, like, uh, comedy and parody, like, for decades and decades and decades, but I think this is where it starts. Grant really just fucking, like, explains so
2: much shit. His whole life story and why he did what... No and they took credit for saving James Bond's life so that he could get him to <laughs> trust him. Uh, yeah. it was silly. It was absolutely silly. Well, at this point, James realizes, and this is where like there's so much of the briefcase that's really cool uh, and this I think this is when the briefcase actually gets used. He's like he realizes grant's like you know working for the money, he's not really working for a purpose. And he's like, look, I got a buttload of gold, gold bullion in my briefcase. Why don't you take a look? So he offers him the gold bullion and, and then, and then, uh, they get into a squabble. Right. And, and, and that's when I think Grant opens his own briefcase and that's where the tear gas comes in and now starts the fight and, and James wins the fight, of course, uh, I, I just think it was so silly that just this tear gas is what saved his, like, saved his life. It, it,
1: I got a I gotta, tip. What? I got a tip for Grant for next yeah. time. Next time, poison James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> next time, if, if you have the super agent and the stupid like patsy doll
2: right. at
1: your table and you have one poison pill and you can yeah. poison one of them mm. yeah fucking poison the super agent
3: yeah
1: yeah <laughs> i'm getting, you know what i'm giving myself 10 spy points <laughs> on that tip right now
3: yeah. <laughs>
1: Maybe Spectre needs a cute time traveler.
2: <laughs> hey, I know right. That's what they're missing. That's what they're missing. Is it right. a traveling gadget-making British guy. Um uh, you know, so-
1: let's 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 stop for a second though before we move on to the rest of the movie, which is like mostly action and and not a lot of uh, tradecraft, but I mean the performances like the tension, like I I, I thought the scene You know, the the train car scene, like, it's it's shot well, it's performed well, it's full of tension. I think that's what a lot of people like about this movie. I think Robert Shaw delivers.
2: I think the train scene is, like, the only part of the movie that was, like, really fun and not weird. Uh, The only issue was the weird poisoning and the gas, the tear gas. But other than that, yeah, it was pretty... It was pretty solid... Maybe yeah.
1: when they checked into their uh, train car room we could have had some more
2: yeah. where 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 was the theme song when he was just like taking a look at the little bench of a room they get
1: he doesn't check the train car for bugs
2: no he doesn't
1: No. all right let's get out uh, let's 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 move on there's uh there's a bunch of action stuff that happens after, but, like, mainly, I think the tradecraft here has been, like, uh, digested and and we've done that, but um, they basically, I mean, they basically make their escape from here on out. Um, yeah. But you had something to talk about. I mean, there's a helicopter scene, there's a boat scene.
2: Yeah, there's, like, a chase uh, and a gunfight or whatever, but there's this, they, after they... Well, I think Grant's plan was to block the train and then take the car. It was like a Jeep or a truck blocking the train tracks, and that's how they were going to get out and, like, run away. But um, after that, the the Spectre helicopter shows up and starts chasing James Bond, which James Bond runs away to, like, lure them away from Tatiana and and whatever. But, like... The helicopter. Everyone in the helicopter had a machine gun. There was at least like two or three dudes with machine guns, and not a single one of them took a shot. All, all this helicopter did was try and hit him, and and I don't know, I don't know if that's the safest way to use your helicopter. Were <laughs> four- <laughs> oh right, like like just
1: oh I remember now, like 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 they just like tried to like swoop down and make him duck.
2: Yeah, and he had to like duck and roll and like dive every time the helicopter flew by. The... And they never. No, took the a smart thing stuff. to do is just
1: like put the helicopter in a certain position and fucking like uh like nuke him down with machine gun fire.
2: Yeah, or do and something. And if he moves,
1: like yeah. you you move the hel- you move the helicopter. That's what helicopters do.
2: Yeah, and 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 like it's literally like he's out in an open field too. Up until the one point where he finds cover in some rocks, but like most of the place that they're at is like just open grassland and, and, and they're diving, they're diving helicopter to, to basically risk crashing the helicopter because they're flying so close to the land to ground. Yeah. You know, this, this is getting number two worst trade why, why didn't they just shoot him? Yeah. It was annoying. All right. so after the helicopter scene, there's a boat chase scene that's even sillier than the helicopter scene, and they get away. Then we get back to Spectre headquarters, and number one is sitting there with number three and number five, and he's really pissed. He's got his cat, which is our uh, typical Bond cat. Right, Um, and
1: we haven't mentioned this, and let's put a pin in it. This is the original fucking evil villain stroking his cat. Yeah. Kind of dude.
2: Yeah. This was super OG hanging out with his cat. Yeah.
1: Which again, which again, going back to the whole like Spectre thing, like I, I always thought like that, that was just one of a, a rogues valor rogues gallery of like villains that James Bond fought. I didn't realize that this was a guy that is in the first, all of the, almost all of the first seven movies as this like super uh super villain whereas yeah. James Bond like he'll always have a villain but there's always this this one guy this number one uh I think I, I forget his name right, now, his name but, right now but but I want to talk yeah like like I want to talk about this this scene with you
2: well what happens is number one's pissed and he brings in like a big thug. Why like, is he
1: pissed? Why is he pissed? He's pissed because Grant, Grant is, is dead.
2: Poor. Yeah. He's
1: pissed because James Bond is alive. <laughs> yeah. He's he, pissed he, because he doesn't have a Lector.
2: Yeah. And he's pissed that there isn't a nuclear war. Right. Well, so he's trying to figure out who to blame. He brings in a thug and he's like failure is never an option. So one of them have to die. And they basically argue one over one of who.
1: one of one of who? One of who.
2: Number three and number five.
1: Number three is the
2: uh creepy. Agent. She she she's kind of like the crazy staffing. It she found she found Grant, she found Tatiana. She pretty much set up, she basically executed number five's plan. And number five is the the the, the mastermind behind the whole plan that we all agree it was a fantastic plan, but they the number three, number five basically have to argue in front of number one who whose fault is it
1: right was it a failure of the plan that number five right. put in place, or was it a failure of execution that number three put in place
2: right, and you know number five is basically uh uh greasing up number one and talking about how amazing number one is and that his plan was and that his own plan was flawless. Number three's excuse was that it was James Bond, that everything was working fine, and it was just James Bond is such an amazing spy, which, as we've discussed, I have yet to figure out where that comes from. Uh, but uh, well, you know what it is? It's the it's the hotel scene where he found the bugs. That's, that's how we know he's a super spy. Um, uh, but anyway... Yeah, they argue over it, and when she tries to claim as James Bond number five, even continues to suck up to number one. It's like, "Oh, but James Bond is nothing compared to number one," you know, blah blah blah, and yada whatever. And number one decides to have number five killed, and I and I think Todd, you wanted to talk about this, like why why does number five deserve the blame?
1: I did want you to talk about this. Let's hear it.
2: The uh, well, I wanted to hear what your thoughts were for well or. Uh,
1: I don't know. Like, I mean, I think we disagree on this. I think I think number three is the fuck up. I think the plan was good, and I think that uh, if I were if I were to find fault in the plan, I would I would put mm, I don't know. I don't I don't think Tatiana was the right agent. I think you put an actual fucking agent in play instead of a fucking naive. Dumb Blonde <laughs>
2: uh, you, you
1: could argue You could argue that like, You know that like maybe uh, the James Bond would have Smelt her out You know And yeah, I, don't to, I don't mean to be
2: a, to do I don't mean said. to be
1: Mean I don't mean to be mean Against the Tatiana character It's just that the Tatiana character Is so fucking Dumb as written, you know that's not a slant against women. I'm not trying to be misogynistic about this, but she's fucking got nothing to do in this movie.
2: No, no.
1: I I don't know. I I, I feel like I feel like if I'm number one of Spectre, and I'm looking at number three and number five, and and choosing which of these two are most valuable to me. I think I, I I'm I'm going with number five. I'm gonna keep that. If I was playing this as a board game, I would keep yeah. number five, lose number three. I, I, I understand you have reasons that you disagree, which have to do again, I think, with uh, his attitude.
2: That's with- mainly what it was for me. Uh, which- See, I, I think number three was right that it was James Bond and not the, the I don't think it was a failure on Spectre's part. Um, I, I think it was more a failure of the movie. Uh, no, uh, uh, no, because I think she picked the right guy. She picked Grant, who was like a piece of meat, like super yeah, he's awesome, yeah. And then she picks Tatiana, who was perfect, and then gave her the only orders were just do what James Bond says because they knew they didn't want her to have too much involvement, they wanted her just to like follow along and and. You know, maybe fall in love with him or make him fall in love with her or whatever. And I, th- I think it was fine. You know, what, what bothered me, well, the reason why I think number one didn't kill number three is because number three probably still had an opportunity to do it. Because number five isn't like a on-the-ground type of guy to get the lector. Now he has to spend months planning another plan when number three can go out and and figure out a new thing, and she does, and she makes her last final hurrah play at getting the lector herself. You know,
1: yeah. I mean, she proves herself in that way. Like she definitely like uh, proves. She actually had a good has
2: plan too. The the the, lo-
1: the loyalty to put her own ass on the line and go out and try to salvage a bad situation. So that is definitely some points for number three.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and she did it, and she did a pretty good job. She pretended to be a maid, or at least got She's herself... Got right some, skills. She's got yeah. some skills. She's got some skills. And almost walked out the door with the lector. She, she was, like, out the door, and then James Bond spotted it. It was like, don't worry, I'll carry that. You know?
0: Agents, please report for debriefing on this operation. The director will see you now.
1: All right, so David, do you think uh, we're ready to come in from the cold now?
2: Absolutely, let's do it.
1: This exposure of ours through this quest, on this podcast, and through the research we've done—that James Bond is so fucking important. Love him, hate him—I uh, didn't, I didn't like him in this movie. No. We're, we're gonna get to that. I don't but, believe
3: like,
1: he is. He is so important. In the, it, like, Doctor No shows up in 1961. By 1970, there are a billion fucking spy movies and spy television shows, and and shows and exploration of the spy hero as a concept, and like it just goes on and on from there. It's like a Cambrian explosion. I, I googled uh, most recognizable hero or most recognizable movie characters of all time in and i checked like 8 of them before we started recording he's in the top 5 on every single one of them he's in the league with like darth vader and indiana jones seem to be like his best competition and uh, all the different kind of spy movies And spy characters that you and I do like. This guy deserves respect. Even if we don't like him personally. And I kind of don't like him personally.
2: He's kind of a slime ball.
1: I don't like him. No. (laughs) I don't.
2: I don't like him either.
1: Like, there's a bunch of fucking wish fulfillment going on with this guy, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: He gets girl. He fucking flies around like he's got like this uh, uh, account. Like like all his shit is paid for. You know he gets he gets to kill people and like not go to court the next day. <laughs> not yeah.
2: Get yeah, he's kind of like uh, like what every guy wished they could be type of thing. But I guess guys at the time because I definitely don't want to be him at all. <laughs> <laughs> Me
1: neither. Yeah. No. No, no, no,
2: no. Well, I'm gonna give it a two, because uh, it wasn't terrible enough for me to give it a one, but it still wasn't really that good. I, I did, I did not enjoy watching this movie. Uh, there was maybe like a couple moments where I kind of like snickered or like we're like, eh, that's kind of cool. But yeah, I did like the briefcase though. Other than the gas, the gas. I'm, with, I'm,
1: I'm with you, and uh, my rating is also a two. Um, it's, uh, it's an interesting artifact. It's a fascinating artifact. Yeah. Uh, but as far as an enjoyable movie, um, you know, uh, shit's moved on. I'd I'd much rather watch some fucking Jason Bourne movies or.
2: Yeah, I know, right? If we're going to watch an action movie like this, there's a lot more that we can watch now, right? Yeah. I don't know.
1: Or movies that have, like, more complex uh, and compelling spycraft.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I love that this movie, like, hints at those a little bit. Maybe maybe this movie, in my opinion, like, might have been better if they had gone ahead and leaned into the Cold War kind of thing, instead of creating this, like, you know, fantasy specter uh fictional nonsense but really?
2: uh i i really like specter uh, in fact i think they should just make a movie about specter
1: <laughs> well they did and it's the uh they did they brought him back they brought specter back in the um whatchamacallit the Daniel craig movies
3: which, yeah, but matter, they,
1: there's another one out there. There's another one out there. Might bring it all to a conclusion.
2: Yeah. Did Did they make a movie about Spectre though? I want I want to see that movie where where, where we get to see if Spectre can complete their their program. I guess I don't
1: know. I'm gonna remind the audience of uh, my best tradecraft impressions yep. of this movie. Uh, my number three, concealing the pistol with a handkerchief. I liked it.
2: Yeah, that was cool. It's it's,
1: it's, it's a dope little play. Uh, you know, it's subtle, but it works for me. My um, number two, uh, I like The Spectre's Plan. I think it's a winner. It's ambitious, but it's possible, and it accomplishes four different objectives. Number one, best, though, and again, because according to The Spectre's Plan, like I said, like they were going to have to improvise at some point. Grant does improvise brilliantly in Zagreb where he uh, takes the place of Agent Y.
2: So my number three uh, minus the gas, the briefcase and all of its little uh, doodads I think were very well thought out. Uh, I think my number two was spending bonding even though they knew it was probably a trap. I think it was a great opportunity for more info and possibly to snatch the lector even though it was obviously the bait. Uh, and then my number one was Brecker pretending to Tatiana that, and I'm gonna correct myself to Smirch, pretending they were Smirch uh, generals or whatever. And I thought that was a very well executed plan. Uh, and then I guess moving along to our worst, uh, my number three was when Grant purposely or accidentally let Bond see the drugging. I, it was that was super bad. Uh, I don't know why he had to drug him in the first place. Um, the helicopter action scene was my number two worst. I don't know why you're going to endanger the helicopter when you got machine guns. Uh, it, it was just a waste. And my, my number one was, uh, why the hell did Bond trust Grant at any moment in their interaction on the train? I don't, I don't get it. Uh, I, and I'm still trying to figure out how Bond is our super spy. Uh, yeah. I, I, i'm I'm missing it man yeah. all right what were your worst Todd
1: My number three worst uh and and man I mean I think these are pretty bad all of them are pretty bad <laughs> My number three worst is uh just stick to the plan you fucking dummies like just like uh you know uh Saul got killed but you still have a plan in place. You know, the conductor is still supposed to stop the train at a certain point. Like, just do that, do that, game, set, match.
2: Yeah, it's okay. Bad,
1: bad tradecraft. Instead, you fucking, like, turn on the fucking dumb blonde girl and, like, yeah. try to slap her around, get some information out of her. Guess yeah. what? She don't know shit. Yeah. My number two goes to the Russians. Yeah. Right. Right. Um again like uh I don't know why glasses was uh, following Tatiana but when assuming that they had suspicion of their cryptographer the fact that the guy tailing her disappeared and was killed should have put them on high alert
3: yeah and
1: they didn't and they didn't do it that's my number 2 uh, my number one worst, though, goes to MI6. Hey, this is interesting. I accidentally like uh, placed equal blame on all the agencies in the movie.
2: Nice!
1: <laughs> uh, my number one worst, again, like MI6, I love your plan to steal the lector, but guess what? You can't steal a decoder device. It's not... Valuable to you if the enemy knows that you stole it, yeah. and blowing up their embassy in order to steal it is a way that they're gonna know that they're gonna he fucking they're gonna go through the rubble at some
2: point. Yeah. yeah, and they're gonna figure out that it's missing.
1: So redactions, redactions. We're rating it on one to five. One redaction reflects a very realistic spy movie. Five has no basis in reality whatsoever. Where am I going on this? Three point five.
2: Three point five sounds good to me. Right. I mean, it's it's a lot of the stuff in this movie is kind of unbelievable. But the idea of like a corporate conglomerate uh, trying to set up a situation that they can profit off of two governments
1: and the like, historical the historical the players of the british and russians are historically accurate yes you know
3: absolutely, in what yeah. we
1: might imagine that they were doing in turkey at the time
2: yeah wait so wouldn't that be a 2.5 cuz a 5 a 5 is no basis in reality whatsoever so we're giving maybe we should give it a 3 a 5 is no basis in reality so 3.5 would be closer to 5
1: Let's call the three and get out of here, buddy.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> Sounds good. And that's the end of our show. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter at spies underscore like us. Visit us on our website at www.spieslikeus.net. You know, Find out about upcoming episodes. Also, what will really help us out is if you give us a review on wherever you found our podcast, either on iTunes or your Android app or YouTube or wherever you listen to us. Uh, even if you didn't like the show, just give us a review. It will help us give us feedback so we can make the show better. And it can also help other people who haven't found the show yet find out about us. Hey, Moira, initiate Protocol 9.
0: Protocol 9 initiated. This podcast will self-destruct in 20 seconds. The preceding transmission sampled the songs Ice Cold by Audio Nautics, Enter the Party by Kevin MacLeod, and Sound Effects from Freesound.org. Attributions and links are found at SpiesLikeUs.net. Editing by Todd Hostetler.